everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins pod show. I'm thrilled that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you found Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope that you'll consider joining me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Periodically, friends, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. Today is our last day exploring the book of Philippians. Yesterday, we explored joy and believing. Our guide would be none other than Jesus. His unmerited and undeserved grace was poured out upon the Apostle Paul, who began life persecuting Jesus' people, only to have a 180-degree turnaround and become one of the greatest disciples or apostles of all time. And we explored Paul's heritage, which proved he was more than qualified to be Jesus' spokesman to both Jews and Gentiles alike. Amid his own impressive credentials, he would remain humble. He acknowledged that he was the chief sinner among other sinners. He never thought of himself more highly than he ought. We were warned to avoid false teachers who get caught up in spiritual pride. Instead, we're to realize that we're running our own race. Paul said it's not about what we do, such as law-keeping, self-improvement, or religious efforts that perfect us, but rather it's our faith in Jesus who perfects us. Another key point for living a victorious, joy-filled life was to press forward toward the goal, not looking at the past. And Paul also shared that believers progress through three stages of perfection. First, perfect relationship, followed by perfect progress, and finally, completely perfect. And we're admonished to rejoice in the Lord by keeping alert. We can guard ourselves from troublemakers and by placing our faith in the person of Jesus and not an object that we recognize it's not about our works. Paul told us that by forgetting the past, we could have joy and believe upon our future with expectation by looking upward and affixing our eyes upon Jesus. Now, this brings us to today where we're exploring what Paul meant when he talked about joy and giving. And 2 Timothy teaches us about giving of ourselves. And, you know, think about Olympic athletes. They spend years preparing for their events. They train daily, no matter what the weather conditions are outside. They're focused and not distracted, looking at the larger picture rather than only on themselves. They sacrifice what people never will know about. Training for one shot at greatness. And isn't the Christian life in need of this mindset and focus? We too train and dedicate ourselves to being fully committed for Jesus. This training takes dedication, time, and energy along with practice and vision. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, 
Paul advises to follow the Lord's rules for doing his work, just as an athlete either follows the rules or is disqualified and wins no prize. We learn that soldiers, athletes, and farmers all must discipline themselves by sacrificing to achieve the results they want. Like soldiers, we too must give up worldly security and endure rigorous discipline. Like athletes, we must train hard and follow the rules. Like farmers, we must work extremely hard and be patient. But we keep going despite suffering because of the thought of victory, the vision of winning, and the hope of the harvest. We will see that our suffering is worthwhile when we achieve our goal of glorifying God, winning people to Christ, and one day living eternally with these very people. And Paul equates the believer's journey to one of running a race. In order to win the race, it requires purpose and discipline. We go into strict training. The Christian life takes hard work, discipline, and self-sacrifice. We're promised a heavenly reward for a life well-lived. Daily disciplines of Bible study and worship equip us to run this race with vigor and enthusiasm. We must commit to run our race full out, not show up for practice and put in a couple of laps around the track. Spiritual discipline is a daily endeavor. We're encouraged to focus all of our energy toward winning the race. We can easily press forward, forgetting the past because we're promised a future and eternity at the end of the race. Practically, how do we place into action what Paul's teaching us? After all, he specifically points to two women who had fallen out of agreement or fellowship with one another, and this was in no way referencing either of them as evil or less than desirable people. But Paul's point was that they had worked hard with him in telling others about the good news. Specifically, they worked with Clement and the rest of Paul's co-workers whose names are all written in the Book of Life. And the Book of Life holds the names of those who are marked for salvation through their faith in Jesus. These two ladies needed to be reconciled with one another. This is one way that we allow others to see our consideration in all that we do. Their witness was damaging God's command to love one another. We must make every effort to follow his rules. He knows what is best for us. He can see the beginning from the end. The entire puzzle is mapped out. He has no missing pieces. But he does desire that we assist willingly in his plan. And Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And we can find this joy by attuning ourselves inward toward our spirit, the Holy Spirit, which dwells inside each of us. But like me, you may be questioning how Paul might be able to tell us to rejoice and be joyful when he was writing to us from prison. This was, after all, a prison epistle. And Paul was teaching that we can claim an inward joy in spite of our outward circumstances. Only when we're filled up on the inside can we freely give to others. When we get to a place and knowing that no matter what happens, we have Jesus in our corner, he was helping us to see if we're lacking joy, it may be because we've been taking life way too seriously and letting other people manipulate and control us. But our ultimate joy comes from the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. When the time is right, God will make it happen. 
Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7, Paul urges us to turn our worries into prayers by saying, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If we do this, we'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. So think on this for a minute, friends, and just imagine never worrying again about anything. Literally, a life free from worry or a life free from cancer, whatever it may be. Truly, it's possible to live a worry-free life. This can be achieved by knowing that God, our creator, our friend, is in full control. And this can be achieved by catching ourselves in the moment. When we begin to worry and it creeps into our mind, we immediately should turn that towards the antidote and that antidote is prayer and in john chapter 14 verse 27 we learn that god's peace is a gift to us here jesus says i'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace i give isn't like the peace the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid This is the result of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We experience deep and lasting peace. Worldly peace is generally defined as the absence of conflict. God's peace is a confident assurance in any situation. When we have the peace of God, we do not have to worry about the present or the future. We won't obtain this peace by stating positive affirmations or incantations alone. While that's good to help change our mindset, it isn't the result of just being in a good mood. It's the result of knowing that God is in complete control. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, Paul goes on to tell us, And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing and the God of peace will be with you. Wow, what a promise. What we put into our minds determines what comes out in our words and actions. Paul tells us to think on thoughts that are pure lovely and admirable, excellent and worthy of praise. God wants to help us focus our minds in the right direction. While it's wonderful to know what the word says we should be thinking about, God wants to see us put it into action. He desires our obedience to his word. And Paul thanked the Philippians for their generosity towards him. They had sent a financial gift while he was in prison, but it really wasn't about the gift he had received. It was more about the spirit of love and devotion that accompanied the gift. Additionally, Paul wanted these believers to be recipients themselves of a well-earned reward. No other church had sent them a gift. So he expressed to them that he learned how to get along with much or with little. He learned to abase or abound. He learned the secret of living in every situation. He went on to say that he could do everything with the help of Christ. Christ, who gives the strength that he needs and that we need. 
We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This one promise from God holds true. If we're committed to doing God's will, we receive power in union with Jesus. Life has its share of challenges, that's for sure. But with God, we can overcome all of the odds. He wouldn't give a promise if he didn't have every intention to fulfill it. For with God, it is impossible for him to lie. And Paul learned that he needed to prioritize the essentials of life. He was truly grateful for all that God had provided. He detached himself from all of the non-essentials so that he could focus on eternity. And when we focus on striving and obtaining more in our earthly lives, we're attempting to fill a void or a vacuum that only God can fill. And Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. We are Christ's inheritance. And our trust in Jesus needs to never be doubted. He promises to always meet our needs here on earth. We can accept his perpetuity, provision, his protection and purpose for our lives. We do this through trust and faith in Jesus. And what are our goals as believers? We train ourselves to run the race of life. We're taught that we must keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, who is the ultimate goal for our lives. We need to make sure that we don't allow distractions to slow us down or to side rail us. And we won't obtain this peace by stating those positive affirmations or incantations alone, as I said. It's the result of being, and it's not the result of being in a good mood. But remember, we said it's the result of knowing that God is absolutely in control. So Paul learned that he needed to constantly prioritize life, and that is something that we need to learn as well. But the book of Philippians can be summed up by remembering that Jesus showed us ultimate humility by becoming a human man. He put aside his interests for you and for me. He was self-sacrificing so that you and me could have the free gift of eternal life. The Apostle Paul was also selfless for the ministry of Christ. He continued to preach the word of God from prison. Paul taught about unity with one another. In every generation, including now, there are divisive influences. They may come from various issues of the day, loyalties, or just conflict in general. But in the midst of these hardships, it's natural for people to turn upon one another. But Paul encouraged the Philippians to agree with one another, to stop complaining, and to work together. That is how we solidify ourselves as Christian believers. And Paul would teach and model through action how to live successful Christian lives. And we too can become mature by being identified with Christ's attitude of humility and self-sacrifice. Become our own. Jesus is both our power and our guide. The Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman awaiting us to acknowledge him for direction. 
Ultimately, the book of Philippians is about experiencing joy in all circumstances. Believers can have profound joy from knowing Jesus personally and from depending on his strength rather than our own. To tie this book all together, Paul gives us the big picture and a recipe for Christian living. He emphasizes unity the need to be and remain humble. He says, Jesus is our example of how to humble ourselves. Every tongue should confess him. We're to do all things without complaining or disputing or murmuring. We're told to keep a good attitude so that we may remain blameless in the eyes of others. We're to hold forth the word of life through faith. We're to rejoice or have joy in the Lord and while keeping alert for troublemakers were to become one with Jesus, not through our works or efforts, but through our faith in the correct object. And the object of our faith is Jesus. We are to forget the past so we can reach for the future. We're to work together in Christ. Looking up to heaven is where our conversation is with our Savior. It's not earthbound. Why? Because only Jesus takes these weak, mortal bodies of ours and changes them into glorious bodies like His. We also must stand strong and stand fast in the Lord. Help others as we labor in the good news. Rejoice. We need to be forbearant which means patient. We're not to be anxious and give in to worry, praise, Jesus, and accept his assurance of peace. Think good thoughts, show gratitude, be content, and we're to accept life's ups and downs, believing that Jesus will help and have confidence in ourselves. We need to believe and know that our needs will always be met. And finally, we always need to give all glory to God. So I hope that you've enjoyed this series exploring the book of Philippians and what Paul had to teach us, and that you'll consider coming back tomorrow as we explore the Bible even further. And friends, today, if you want to experience an intimate, personal relationship with God's Son, Jesus, and spend eternity in heaven, I would invite you to pray this prayer of salvation now. God, I miss the mark and I'm turning away from my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in your Son's shed blood for all who acknowledge He took on the sins of humanity, past, present, and future at the cross at Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were spiritually born again. Your next steps are to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through his word. And consider joining a good Bible-based church where your faith in Jesus can continue to grow and be edified by like-minded people. But allow me to be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins pod show will be available most days during the week. A special children's pod show airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, love in action, 
biblical wisdom, and what the Word of God says about trust and many more topics. I hope that you'll come alongside me as we explore the Bible together. And if you like this pod show, make sure to hit like and subscribe to ensure that you get the latest episodes as they become available. And why don't you be a blessing for someone else today by sharing this pod show link with them. Much of today's pod show referenced the book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring, you may want to consider reading it in its entirety. And you can easily pick it up from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me, and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's Word. And until next time, be blessed and remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And Revelation shares the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless. Thank you.